Seattle Sports Station presents the K.J. Wright Show. The ball is intercepted. K.J. Wright reaches up about 13 feet in the air. Number 15. Now every Wednesday with Brock and Saul. How y'all like that? Brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. Not just regular K.J. Wright today. Mm. Playoff. KJ Wright today wearing the throwback Seahawks sweatshirt. Yes, yes, yes. Throwback KJ playoff KJ. The prophet KJ. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What do you mean by <laughs> the prophet? Oh, is this because you said they go nine and eight and make playoffs? Absolutely. That was pretty impressive. Absolutely. Pretty impressive? I think that was pretty impressive. Only man in the country that said it. I mean, you would have pretty much had to be. <laughs> now, you also agreed with me that the Lions wouldn't play that hard last week. And I, so, did. I did. So I you did. were not quite as prophetic there. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I, and <laughs> shout out to Dan Campbell. Your guys played hard. Um, the Green Bay Packers, they were blowing up my Twitter. They're so rude and disrespectful and Packers fans? name calling. Absolutely. They were blowing up you? Blowing up my Twitter. Somehow a word got out what I said and... It was like, what are you talking about? Everyone see the Packers on primetime. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, wow. Theories. Anyway, but um, yes. The Did you fight back after the two uh, penalties that were called? I've learned, no. no. Well, it was no. two penalties. Well, they took a, uh, an interception off the board and a touchdown off the board. They, no, they were both good calls. Yeah, they were good calls. I mean, sort of hard the, to The refereeing that. was spot on. And... and in their game. And in this in the Seahawks game? Mm, not Se- so much. Seahawks got a couple breaks, right? The roughing the punter, <laughs> running to the punter. And how do you let a receiver put their finger in someone's helmet and mush it and not call a penalty when, when DK did that? That was clearly a penalty. <laughs> and so a little, little hanky-panky going on. And, um, do you think the league wanted the Seahawks? No. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm so confused. It was the exact opposite of what I thought. But, um, yeah, a little, a little questionable uh, yeah. calling. That's all right. Well, you know, no complaints. We're so in. when you, when you, the great prophet, K.J. Wright, drew up 9-8, and eight, and when you envisioned that before the season began, is this how you saw 9-8? and eight? Some peaks and valleys, a couple thousand-yard receivers, thousand-yard rookie running back, a Pro Bowl quarterback, a defense kind of finding itself, but ultimately a mm-hmm. lot of ups and downs as well. Is this kind of how you figured they'd get to 9-8? and eight? I did not see Geno doing what he did. I did not see two 1,000-yard receivers. Um, I did see Coach Carroll doing a phenomenal job in bringing out the best of these guys. I saw Coach Carroll bringing out the best of these rookies, uh, maximizing this roster. But um, I knew it was going to be up and down year. I just knew it. with the inexperience, with the first-year defensive coordinator, Clint Hurt, there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road. We went through a rough stretch. In the, was it six losses in a row? That was that was hard coming to work. Five to or six. Five, five or six. six. Yeah, they beat Stuck the, the one win. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that was that was hard to. Um, but they they weathered the storm. They got back on track. They got a little help from from other teams, and so a lot of ups and downs, a lot of learning in this in this season, and so for them to make the playoffs is really cool. And um, yeah, I, I saw it being really. You know, up and down with this. All right, I got I got a question for you. This is a radio question that no player has ever asked himself. So this you gotta you gotta really this if you can answer this question, you'll know you've really transitioned into being a radio guy. All right. Where does this year rank in terms of Pete Carroll's coaching seasons? Was this his best? Was it somewhere in the middle? Like what is what is the best coaching job Pete's ever done over a whole season and where would this one rank? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. This gotta be up there. It has to be up there. Literally, you're taking guys that I'm not going. Yeah, you're taking an inexperienced football team, and you got them to the playoffs. 
That is not easy to do. You took a quarterback that hasn't played in a decade and you turned him into a pro bowler. You have two potential rookie of the years um, in Tariq Willen and Kenneth Walker. That is not easy to do. Mm. You took a team that was losing in the middle of the stretch. They could have easily, easily lost the, the the rest of the games when it got ugly with Kansas City, um, you know, yeah. Niners, all this stuff. So he, I, this is probably the best job he has done. And I knew that coming to this season, if Coach Carroll is not on point, then this season is going to be a disaster. It's interesting to hear you say that because because you can make some other arguments, right? I mean, you got two thousand his first year here where they didn't yeah. even know who was on the team, and they went seven and nine, but yep. made the playoffs with Marshawn and Matt yep. Hasselbeck. You, I think two thousand fourteen, coming off of a Super Bowl win, yep, really hard to repeat in the NFL and within a play of doing so. Yep, two thousand fifteen. Coming off of the anger uh, and yeah. frustration to still make the playoffs and have a very good season that year. Yeah. Uh, that's also the year Cam held out, right? Isn't that 2015? Yep. yep. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's an interesting. It's mm-hmm. an, it's always an interesting. The year Russ got hurt and played through it and still made the playoffs as well. I think that's when he's got his ankle ankle messed up. Yeah. yeah. So as far know, as exceeding a lot of pretty good as, years. As far yeah. as exceeding expectation, there's been no year like this. True. Yeah. And they and were the, picked 32nd. Thirty mm-hmm. second in power polls, they were they were thirty to thirty two in just about every pundit's power poll before the year. And yeah. now they're in the playoffs. You got no quarterback. You're you're going to play. You're going to start five rookies. You're going to you're going to play in the NFC West. You're going to play. In, no chance. Pete's done. He's cooked. He's old. It's the culture's you know is it, a relic of the past. Mm-hmm. As far as just exceeding expectations, this is number one. Yep, yep. And number then, one. And then you go to, to John Snyder, potential executive of the year. Just the moves he made going back to um, with the trades, with the, you know making a hard release and um, drafting really well, executive of the year. And I believe that the way that these two have worked together, you go back to when they first got here, made like the most transactions ever when he first came on the scene to build this team, build this culture, get the get the wrong guys out of this building, get the right guys in. And so both these guys, um, the way they work together, dynamic tandem. KJ, Pete's made the playoffs in 10 of his 13 years here, which is a remarkable number. Yeah. What's the biggest reason why? His mindset. His mindset. He has the um, he has a winning mentality. He has a winning attitude he doesn't he doesn't ever feel sorry for himself you know when when he does lose it does hurt him it does wear on him but he doesn't feel sorry for him he finds a way to get back in the win column and he he spends tirelessly you know working day and night to figure out what can I do to get this defense right what can I do to bring out the best in Russ what can I do to get Kenneth Walker to do this you know how do I get Sherm back on track when he just exploded on his teammates he just finds ways to get everyone aligned tell the truth Monday is probably one of the best things that I've that I believe a coach can do, you know, when he just gets to the root of it. Do other bring, coaches not do that? Even if they don't call it that, do other coaches not do that? I was in, um, it was different with coach. Like it, just the, just the word, tell the truth Monday. When you walk in that building, you know, we're going to get to the root of what's <laughs> good and the root of what's bad. And so we're going to get to the honest truth of this film that, that we put on, on display. And so just what he does is mindset and he brings out the best in his coaches, bring out the best in his players players and um just has a winning mentality i think a lot of people driving around listening to that kj go come on man that's the nfl not like come on man like that's a bad point because i 100 mm-hmm. percent agree with it and but they would say doesn't everybody to salk's point this is the nfl 
This is about winners. This is about the best of the best. This is having other coaches learned. Aren't, aren't these philosophies shared around the league? I know you only spent one year outside the nest, but you got lots of buddies that have been lots of other places, yeah. old teammates. How unique do you think his mindset really is compared to his peers in the league? I mean, you just you just look at franchises. Some franchises just have losing cultures. Some franchises are just bad. You know, I'm not going to get into the details with that, but you just look around the league like, what the heck are you guys doing over there? You have the best of the best. You have the top facilities, but you guys cannot find a way to draft well. You cannot find a way to give guys good contracts. You cannot find a way to get above 500 consistently. And so, um, no, that's that's not cliche to say. You need winners in your building. And Coach Carroll has proven that time after time after time. Hall of Fame career that he's put on display. And so, no, there are bad franchises out there, and Seattle is not one of them. Well, it's, it's we, we're going to spend a lot of time on Pete today. And, in fact, uh, we'll take a quick break when we come back here. I asked Pete what they needed to do to beat San Francisco, and he used one word. I'm curious if it would be the same one word that you would use as well. We'll play you the sound, see what KJ says. I'm going to try to guess it. I don't know. That's what you got a couple minutes for. You got some time to think. <laughs> we'll right. be right back. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com. KJ Wright is here, and that's brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports Station. All right, I know KJ gets a lot... Sorry. I know KJ gets a lot of praise for how great he's been on the show, Brock, over the course of the year. But in the last couple minutes, he just maybe said (laughs) the worst guess of a word I've ever heard. Brock, if you think it's bad that I didn't get... That Russ dropped Pro Bowl a few times. And I got that sound. We'll play it later. The question was for KJ, what one word did Pete Carroll point to as what they would need to do in order to beat the the Niners? <laughs> and KJ's first guess <laughs> was discipline. <laughs> it's as if he had never met Pete Carroll. <laughs> Discipline. Terrible take. How you spent a decade in that building. Did Pete ever use the word discipline? That's why I didn't say it on air. That's why I didn't say it live for everyone to hear. Discipline. Um, what word did Pete Carroll point to? The one thing they would it was gonna take a great deal of to beat the Niners. This word may be a close second worst take, but the best word I could come up with is focus. Oh, focus. Oh. Dude, again, I feel like you don't know Pete Carroll. Discipline and focus are not what make Pete great. What did he say? Uh, it's going to take a lot of trust. Oh. A lot of trust. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just learn from all of the things we've been through and, and take them with us. And, and uh, with a great deal of trust in themselves and the guys next to them, uh, that'll give us a chance, you know. And uh, this is, I, I would bet that not many people think we have a shot in this one, but we'll we'll see if we can. Manage a way to make it competitive. <laughs> Coach, what? <laughs> Find a way to make it co- come. Okay. Uh, trust. Yes, they got to trust each other, first of all. <laughs> and I can tell you what he's going to say. I can tell you what he's going to say Saturday night. I don't know that I believe you anymore. You say that, but now I'm concerned you know some other Pete Carroll. Well, no. Friday night. Saturday night's yeah. after. Friday night. What's he going to say Friday night? Oh, they play Saturday? Play Saturday. What? Okay. Um, <laughs> thought to play Sunday. No, I can tell you he's going to say the night before the meeting. He's going to say, guys, when he when he says trust, he's going to also say don't make stuff up. Those two words go hand in hand. What does that mean? Trust and don't make stuff up. Don't make stuff up means we're in the playoffs. We're playing one of the best teams in the NFC. You're on the road. Most of you guys, a lot of you guys, your first time here. Don't get 
outside of yourself to feel like you have to do everything alone. Understand that you have defensive linemen in front of you. Understand that you have tackles blocking you, Gino. Understand that the play call is going to come in. Trust the play call. Trust the technique. Trust your teammates. Trust your brother. And just simply don't make stuff up. When you get in these big-time matchups, big-time games, people feel like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to be the hero. Well, I'm playing uh, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Brady. No, you don't. It's 11 of you guys out there. Relax. Be tied in on a string. Trust one another. Do what got you to this point. As you're talking through this, and I'm sure you have a Rolodex of memories coming to mind, you know, through your decade here, KJ, of moments, of games, of playoff games, of everything else, as you're kind of flipping through them in your mind, is there a game or two that, that comes to mind where you were underdogs? Maybe not the 13, 14, 15, where you were the bullies, where these playoff games were largely at home. But maybe after that stretch or in the early days mm-hmm. of, is there a game, is this one sets up for Saturday that comes to your mind where you think the messaging was pretty similar? Um, I, I believe I believe you go back. A lot of people, not in the building, but we heard a lot of noise from the outside with our um, Super Bowl Forty Eight. We heard the noise. We heard the noise. We heard the best offense in the history of the game. Um, it's going to be a shootout. I don't know if the Seahawks can score enough points to keep up with Peyton Manning and um, this high-powered offense. But in the building, we knew Coach Carroll. The message that he gave to us is like, "Fellas, focus on us." It is not about Peyton Manning. It's not about the opponent. It is all about us. If we do what we do, we run the football, we create turnovers, we have explosive plays, we will be just fine. And so you hear the noise from the outside, and there's a lot of noise with this matchup. Tons of noise. You know, Niners going to the Super Bowl, high-powered offense, high-powered defense. You hear that noise. And so you just got to become laser-focused. Just focus on us. Let's get back to the basics and just do what we do, and let's get the, find a way to get this win. What is the key to stopping a high-powered offense? This high-powered offense is hard. For, let's, first of all, let's understand it's really hard uh, because the the challenges they present with both the run game and the pass game, I believe if I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm clean hurt. If I line up and I do what I've done all year, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a blowout. If you line up and you're saying this is what I would put a hat on, we practice since OTAs, we're going to do this, you're going to get your butts kicked. So you do got to do some of that, but what you got to do is you got to throw curveball after slider, after um, fastball, you got to throw your, you got to throw the kitchen sink at them. You got to throw the kitchen sink at them. If it's second and nine, come with a blitz. Come with a blitz. Brock, Brock Purdy, um, the, this run didn't happen. Blitz this man. Blitz him. If, it's, so, if you feel it's a pass, go too high. You got to do something different. So, so I'm sure there's a difference a here, but I, I got to ask because because this is in my nature. If you're a player, keep doing what you've been doing. But if you're a coach, don't keep doing what you've been doing. If you're a coach, yeah, you do. You everybody's doing it, but with this offense, you got to create. You got to create stuff. Hmm. You got to create opportunities. Well, let you, me cut through. Let me cut through because coach says it. Cut number eight right here. I think he kind of speaks to exactly what you two are are walking through and talking through. Here was Pete yesterday with the media. Terrific matchup. You know, you played a team that's this good and in, in, in your division and with this much familiarity. Um, this is really a, a chess chess match in a lot of ways for the coaches. Um, it's just ball for the players. Uh, but uh, a lot of respect for who we're playing and how they've done in their season and the guys they have on their team and and uh, what they've accomplished. It's it's a uh, 
you know, being division champs is a big deal right here. Gonna put some more respect on the intellect <laughs> over here with KJ. You got that one right. I just said that. It's ball for the players, but it's chess just, for the coaches. Advan- advantage San Francisco and D'Amico Ryans and Kyle Shanahan, or advantage Shane Waldron and Clint Hurt. If they're playing chess, not checkers, chess. Listen, um, uh, what's the guy name? Shanahan. Shanahan. He's he's a monster. He's a monster. He's a monster. That's, Why? What is it he does that's so hard? He does everything. The man does everything. And so it doesn't, it's not even about, here's the thing, Brock, to answer your question, it's not even about Kyle Shanahan. It's about Clint Hurt. Clint Hurt, do what you do. You know how great he is. You know how special he is. I need to see what you're going to bring to the table. I need to see how creative you're going to be. I need to see how dynamic your play calling is. You know what he's going to. You know he's going to get the play out. You know a reverse is going to come. But create your opportunities. Make something happen. You just sit back there and watch. Oh, we're in our three four mm. cover four. Oh, we're going to try to. You're going to get your butts kicked. You know what this up. is. Honestly, as you're talking, you know what this was. We we just saw this. We just saw this happen. We just saw chess on multiple occasions Sunday night at Lambeau Field. You saw a hook and ladder on second and 15. You saw a fourth down, a conventional wisdom. Let's tie the game. We're playing checkers, right? We tie the game, whatever, late in the game. Nope, we're not tying the game. We're, We're going for it. Mm-hmm. Right, we're going for it. No, we're not gonna. We're gonna close the game out. We're not gonna score and give them a chance and give them the ball back. Upset. No, we're gonna close this game yes. out and we're gonna play. Didn't we just see this, KJ? Absolutely. Sunday in Lambeau. And if you're gonna go out, if you the Seahawks, you better go out swinging. Mm-hmm. You better go out throwing right hooks, uppercuts, left hook. You better go out <laughs> swinging. And so, don't just sit back there and just have this slow drive. Boom! Here it comes. Here it comes. No, give me a, a zero blitz. Everybody's going, we bring in the whole house, and we're either going to get scored on or we're going to get an interception. Something's going to happen, and it's going to happen quick. <laughs> that that doesn't sound KJ. like Pete. Look Jeez. at playoff KJ. Pete, Pete, playoff you better KJ. never give up big plays. That's that's rule number one. Hey, this is a different game, man. <laughs> this is a different game. If we're playing the New York football giants, I'm, I'm here with a different tone. Okay. I'm here with a different tone. But this is a good team. Yeah. I got to hear a little bit more about this rivalry. And, Brock, I have something in my hands here, which has been uh, a secret. Until now, it involves KJ and some other big names, and I will uh, announce it coming up next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports Station. You want a quick announcement here, Brock? I do. Hold on, I need to get my readers on for this. Small type. You know about this, actually, Brock. I do. You know all about the Pacific Northwest Football Hall of Fame, right? Who did you Who did you enshrine there, or did you go into the to the Hall of Fame? Are Thanks you in for, this Hall of Fame? Appreciate your memory. So. I, I remember being. Oh, you went in in 2016. Right. I was there at the Nile, right? Yes, you, yes, you were. It was a big moment. Remember, Randy Hart got in the same year. D line coach. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, guess who's going in this year. Guess who's going in this Sherm. year? <laughs> yes, and I'm here to make the announcement. No, I got four names going in this year to the Pacific Northwest Hall of Fame, and this whole thing uh, will happen at the Seattle Sports Star of the Year Awards this year. So mm. kind of a not at the Nile Shrine, unfortunately, without the hot dogs. But Michael Jackson, not the current Seahawks cornerback and not no, the, the ex-linebackers, Husky great. That's right. Awesome. Mike Price, 
Oh, one of my favorites, former Coug head coach living over there in Coeur d'Alene. Love you, Coach Price. Mel Renfro. Mel Renfro, baller extraordinaire, secondary stud. And some linebacker used to play for the Seahawks. <laughs> Kenneth? Just recently retired. He can jump 13 feet in the air. <laughs> K.J. Wright. Hey. Hey. How about that? Put some thankful, respect thankful, on thankful. that man's name. Yes, Whoa. yes. Got the news a few days ago. Steve Rabel called me and um, like, K.J., You've been inducted to the Pacific Northwest Hall of Fame and um, just super thankful and um, for their recognition amongst some legends. You yep. said those guys, you know, once a Steve Largence and all these um, great Seahawks players that play. So really excited to go there. And um, yeah. Paul Allen, John Nordstrom, Napoleon Kaufman. These are some of the yeah. names that are already there. Drew Bledsoe, Keith Jackson, uh, Warren Moon, uh, Dave Craig, Sonny K- Six Killer, Kurt Warner. I'm just I'm just listing a few. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. will uh, you will join that group. That's pretty great. I'll Congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank that you. is awesome. So are you be... going to boohoo cry? I should not cry at this one. What? I shouldn't cry. Are you sure? I've, I, my, I'm all teared out. <laughs> I think I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, you know what? If I was a Machiavellian, you know, terrific radio host, which I'm not, no. I would segue that to some tears and some sound I wanted to get to. And I wanted to get to this sulk all week. And actually, last night, uh, when I was doing a year in the NFL, KJ, I got to be on the crew, Kevin Kugler, Mark Sanchez, Laura Oakman, their producer, T-man, director, the whole crew. And I got to know Laura Oakman pretty well as a mm-hmm. sideline reporter, and she is phenomenal. Down, on, down there on the field, I texted her last night and told her how great this sound was, and she gave me some background on it. That I don't, it's kind of personal, so I don't really want to share all of it without her blessing, but let's mm-hmm. just say these tears from Geno Smith postgame were very real. I want you to react to this postgame interview where we saw a side of Geno we hadn't seen all year. Uh, yeah, you're right. Took a lot of heart. Um, God, I'm just thankful, man. Just thankful for God. I feel like I'm about to break down. Hold on. Yeah, man, just team ball. Uh, hard fought. Crowd was rocking. Rams played their ass off. We had to pull it out. It was ugly. We found a way. See, I think it was Journey in the background. Don't stop believing. Yeah, they also pulled it. at the heartstrings. Yeah, KJ's ears. now crying here. In I'm, I'm, I'm really getting teared up right now. He is. <laughs> you see him? Of course I am. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? I'm blind? What's wrong with me? <laughs> Yo, man, I, I feel, you know what? I feel, Gino, because when you play this game, Brock, you know this. You just go through so many emotions, and we all have our own journeys. Whether it's injuries, whether it's riding the bench for majority of your career, whether it's getting undrafted, it's so many emotions that we carry. And when you get when you get over that hurdle, when you get to the playoffs, when you just have just all this anxiety built up, and you like, man, I did it. That's a good feeling. Yeah. That is a really good feeling, and um, you know, I felt Gino, man, just the crack in his voice, the the tears, you know, because we all been there, we all done that, and um, for him to just be able to express that, get that out of his system, man, I, I rock with that. That that's cool to see. Yeah, I'll paraphrase Laura a little bit again on, on a text that I don't want to, you know, just read as public, but you know, she said that's a sixth time, and Sanchez said it to us, Kugler said it to a sixth time they've done the Seahawk broadcast. And she said what was interesting about Gino is he was always trying to separate himself from the Gino Smith story, right? Oh, it's Gino Smith story. Look at the story, the underdog story. And, you know, the, the week one, right? You bookend week one on the field, 
where, where you know he talks about the haters not writing him back. Yeah. And then you bookend it with that. That's that's the last yeah. time he's stepping off the field this season. And who knows, KJ? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That may be the last time as a Seahawk in that building yeah. for him. Yeah. So I'm sure all of that hit him. And he finally was like, okay, I'm not separating myself from the story. Nope. It, nope. Right? I mean, like that's what those emotions and tears were to me. Like, okay, I'm not just going to try to be a pro and try to be a robot and try to separate. No. This was pretty freaking amazing. Absolutely. And yeah, you don't want to remove yourself from this story. That's a part of your DNA. That's a part of what got you to this point now. And um, you do want to rebrand yourself as a player and as a person. Over time, you want that stigma to get off of you. You know, your time in New York, you want that stigma to get off of you. So you want to rebrand yourself. But no, absolutely. This is what happened. This is what I learned from. This is where I am now. And it is special. It is great. And so for him to do that is just a beautiful story that he can carry with him for the rest of his life and make other people better from it. Can I ask you one like personal question we haven't got to yet? I mean, it's not going to make you cry. It's actually more professional. Yeah, we still might make him cry. It's more. It's no, no. This won't. You can ask is, KJ what the weather is outside. This fifty-fifty shot. You're going to start bawling on you. <laughs> no, KJ, you don't is, have to take that from him. No, it's all good. It's all we, good. We, we, we smell can excuse, our own. We, can we smell our own. Trust me. <laughs> now that I've become a crier, believe me, we smell our own. It's actually not personal. This is totally business, and I'm curious. So it's it's personal in the sense I'm going to ask you a business question. Talk to me, but Geno Smith, as it turns out, I don't know if you knew this or not, he had a million bucks on the line mm. in that Detroit Green Bay game. He had an incentive. He had a three and a half million dollar base salary, and then he had three and a half millions in incentives. And the two and a half were, I think, based on his individual play. He had all of those. Mm-hmm. Go to the Pro Bowl, everything else. Mm-hmm. And then the last million in his deal was the Seahawks making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So he said post-game, I'm not watching. I'm going to go to dinner with my girl. I'm going to try to get away from him, and I'm sure my phone's going to blow up because I'm sure you don't want to sit there with a million <laughs> stinking bucks on the line. Yeah. I guess, A, put yourself in his shoes with a million on the line, and he gets it, and he hits all seven million of it. And, B, did you ever have incentives like that that were kind of like, oh, man, you know, this is this is up for grabs here, and, and this is some significant coin that could come into play? Um, a million dollars is a million dollars. That's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot of money. That's a lot. Of, I could do some cool stuff with a million dollars. Well, I think he had made in nine years, he had made like 13 million, right? So over nine years, he'd been largely a league minimum other than his draft money. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like in nine years before this year, he made like 12 or 13 million bucks. So yeah. this year making 7 million was more almost you know half of what he made his entire career. Absolutely. And um, yeah, and just uh to hit his his incentives. And I myself, what I had was I had playing time. So I had to play 75%, you get this much. Um, 80%, you get this much. 90 you get this much. I had that in my last two years in Seattle because I came off of my knee injury. And so they put that clause in my contract. And when I tell you that I had one goal going into the <laughs> next season, <laughs> KJ, if you go do one thing, you're going to be healthy. You gonna be healthy, and so um, thank God that I played every game after I had my terrible knee injury. But um, oh yeah, oh yeah, you see that, and you gotta, I gotta hit, I gotta get this money. It's it's pretty, it's pretty simple. You tell me, I got a million dollars, I might start crying on the spot. Absolutely, yeah. I mean that that that's life changing. As you said, there's a lot of things you yeah. can do with that. That 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 makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. What do you make of Geno moving into a into a playoff game now for the first time? How how does the world change when the playoffs start? Um, the world changes. Like either you win or you go home. It's that simple. And so, he is 
in this position he is in front of the whole world. Everyone is going to be watching him. He's potentially interviewing for an, another job, you know, for another team. We don't know. And so he wants to make a great case. He wants to put on a good performance and playing this Niners team. And so he got his boys with him. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be hard. But I do believe that he has done more than enough, more than enough to show the Seattle Seahawks and about a handful of teams that I can come to your franchise and make you guys very, very special. How valuable is this playoff experience for this group this season moving into next year? It's much needed. So needed. I'm so thankful that they got this. I'm so thankful that they um, everyone else is home. You know, all this is the elite of the elite. Everyone's home. It's just us. Everyone's watching us. And so with this experience, you know, a lot of people talk about the game speeds up or it's more physical. They don't have to hear that. Is They're, that true? It's, it's not true. It's not true. It's it's it's. Win or go home. And so they're going to see that when they play those first four or five plays, like, hey, I've, I've been here before. I've done this. This is the same tackle that I went against a couple of weeks ago. He's not any bigger. He's not any faster. He's the same dude that I played. And so the stakes are higher because, you know, there's more money involved when you progress. If you lose, you know that it won't be the same team next year. So there are a lot of stakes at, at place. But at the end of the day, it's the same game. Can you help me just teach me a little bit? Because, you know, this is once again where an offensive guy draws up a play one way and then defensive guys are backwards and you draw it up and it's it looks totally different <laughs> yeah. to me on this piece of paper. But tell me, from your opinion, how the Seahawks attack this 49er defense. Because I see two wide nines that are in track stances. I see the defensive player of the year in Bosa mm-hmm. who just gets down and he looks like Usain Bolt. And they are flying, and they are stopping the run on the way to the QB. I see linebackers and Greenlaw and Fred Warner that just fit, seemingly like a puzzle, everything in front of them. Mm-hmm. How is the Seahawks offensive? It's a chess match, and you know what they're going to do. They, they are not going to go crazy. Pete said it yesterday. They do what they do, like you guys did in 12, 13, 14, 15. How do you attack that? You know, it is a chess match, Brock, but for the Seahawks offense, I need them to play checkers. I need these dudes to play checkers. You know how many times we ran the ball against San Fran the first 14, time? 14. We've averaged 14 carries a game in the two matchups. They've averaged 40. We have averaged 14 rushing attempts in those two matchups. 14. So it's not – I don't want him to play chess here. I need him to play checkers. Move that red piece and have Kenneth Walker going straight ahead. Straight ahead, straight ahead, straight ahead. Set the tone. Set the tempo. Because if you don't set the tone, you better believe these guys are going to set the tone. And so I need this young man getting at least 20 carries. And I need him to do left stretch, right stretch, downhill. And when he get that toss play, Kenneth Walker, put your foot in the dirt and find that scene. So when you all were rolling and you were in your prime, and there's Cliff and there's Bennett and then there's those guys in their stances. There's you and Bobby fitting off everything they're doing. Right, and you're playing your game. You're going to deal with us. And when you guys were at your prime of prime, who was the most difficult to stop? Was it was it that mentality coming at you that was the most challenging? Absolutely. And and you know when you have a team that could run the ball on us, then our pass rush cannot come to life. If you're running the ball on us, then 
we is third and three. Ball's coming out quick. You don't have those opportunities to get to the quarterback. It's simple Pop Warner football. You got to run the ball in order to slow down the pass rush. It's that simple. And so we don't want Geno back there in shotgun having to dice up people. We don't want that. We want the ball in um, critical in like critical situations, third and four, third and five. Get the ball out quick. Oh, we're running the ball. We're getting some yards. Oh, we're about to play action and bomb the ball on these dudes. And so if we get 14 rushing yards, yeah, no forget yeah. the game's yeah. over. The game's over. Game's chance. over. And so let me let me let me finish. Let me finish. And so, like we said a while ago, Brock, if it's not successful early, stick with it. If it's not successful early, defense, you gotta find a way to get them the ball back. We gotta bring this formula and this philosophy to life. It may not look pretty early. More than likely, it won't look pretty early, but we gotta stick with it. Defense, give us the ball back. Get us a three and out so we can keep this thing going. How much did you hate the 49ers? I didn't. I don't hate people. I don't hate it. How big was the rivalry? The rivalry was. I don't. I don't. I don't get. You didn't get into that. I didn't get into that. Really? In, in so college, just, just in college I did. In college, I did. But you understood the magnitude. You understood Mississippi your... State has a rival. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> hey, Mar. He, he's he's pushing it today, Mar. He's pushing it today. <laughs> Mar's the boss. So if you need her to flex some muscle, get him off me, Mar. <laughs> Um, I can, do you want to excuse him, KJ? Do you yeah. want to excuse him for the show right now? Not today. <laughs> Not today. But for me, I didn't get caught. KJ, up. would you like to hear some of how wrong he was? Yeah, no. we can do that. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can yes. hear. Uh, okay, here, let's go. Oh, here we go. That there's, it's a physical <laughs> impossibility for the Detroit Lions to go to Lambeau Field in January in a game that matters to the Packers and beat Aaron Rodgers. We all know that's not going to Don't happen. Don't make me excuse you <laughs> from your own show. We- <laughs> Wrong. Bet the house, bet the mortgage, bet your job, bet your wife, bet your kids, <laughs> bet your husband. Whatever you need to do, put that money on the Packers to win outright because it's going to happen. Oh, wait. Watching these two teams play against each other this week is going to be like watching the Generals play against the Globetrotters. Like, it's just you, so, you've I'm seen you- this movie before. Okay, Someone out there has lost their wife and their kids. <laughs> Thanks to this man They're right here. thanking me. Uh, <laughs> why would you try to embarrass me in front of KJ? What's up with that? Don't embarrass me in front of KJ. Wait, you're trying to embarrass KJ. Where's I'm KJ? not. I asked a legitimate question about Mississippi State. <laughs> What's the name of the bowl that when they play Ole Miss? What's it called? Is it the Egg Bowl? Egg Bowl. There you go. Even I know that. The Egg Bowl. Yeah. Thank you. But for me, Salk, I didn't get caught up in that. I understood, though. They have some... Dogs over here. Frank Gore, Kaepernick, Joe Staley, Navarro Bowman. It's going to be a tough, tough matchup. I didn't feel the same when we played the Cardinals and they had some Rudy Pooh at quarterback or some running back I never heard of. I didn't feel, I didn't get that same feeling mm-hmm. in my body. And so. I so you get up for the players more than for the organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I, when I step foot on the field and I see, oh man, we got Gronk and Tom Brady and Edelman. It's going to be a battle. And um, we played the Panthers all those years. Mm. Luke Keekley, Cam Newton, Jonathan Stewart. Oh, it's going it to like tackling Cam. I love tackling Cam. I love tackling Cam. He's a strong human being, big human being, and um, you know one of my favorite players to ever compete against. Really? Yep. He's Why? basically you playing quarterback. Uh, 
no, size he's bigger wise, than, right? No, that man is bigger than He's him. huge. Remember when we saw him, Brock, before the Super Bowl? Brock and I were to, the year in 2014, we were down there, and Brock got me into some Super Bowl party for ESPN. And as we were getting ready to leave, Cam walked in, which shows the relative coolness of Brock and me versus Cam <laughs> Newton. But as he was uh, as he was walking in, first of all, he might have the biggest smile I've ever seen in a human being. Yeah. It lit up the entire room when he walked in. It was yeah. just like, oh, Cam's here, and the party has started. But yeah. he was huge, absolutely yeah. gigantic. I know, and I think it's safe to say that he's probably one of the most hated players to to play the game. When I, Anytime we played Cam Newton, anytime I see guys play Cam Newton, it was like they just had something against him. They just had a little extra mm, or a little mm. extra trash talking when they played Cam Newton. I'm like, guys, you don't hit anybody else like this. What is up <laughs> with you when we play Cam Newton? And guys could not stand this dude. I don't know if it was this big smile that he had or because he won the Heisman Trophy or the number one overall pick. But anytime we played Cam, guys just had an extra attitude when it came to hitting this dude. Okay, I'm going to spin this. Uh, I got a couple more football questions in this matchup. You ever tackle Debo? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. That dude is Depot, right? I mean, that's a nickname and everything else. He didn't play in the last matchup in Seattle. He had the high ankle sprain. He will be back this week. What does that do defensively? He's a problem. Balance is the first thing that comes to my mind. Like, if you can't just try to get this dude a chicken wing and think he's going to go down, you have got to take this guy, grab his legs, and make sure he comes all the way down to the ground. And he's going to get one-on-one with the corner. He's going to try to give him a Debo stiff arm. You you better eat your Wheaties that morning. You better eat your Wheaties this morning because he's a strong individual, strong hands, strong after the catch. He's going to get reverses. He's going to get out of the backfield. So he's definitely a problem, and um, they got to be aware of where he is at all times. And if he's on the right side, you best believe he can come behind the backfield and come to the left. So pretty he's a problem to handle. Is okay. he the guy that you need to know where he is? Is it McCaffrey? I mean, if you've got to shut down one Kittle. guy, Kittle, if you've got to shut down one guy in that offense – Right, because that's the Bill Belichick thing, right? Take take your your absolute strength away. Who who's the one guy that makes that offense go? I'm taking away Christian. I'm taking away the running back um, out of the backfield. I, if he's isolated against our linebackers, it's 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 a problem. It's a win for him. So I'm trying to take him out of the backfield when he's isolated against my linebackers in the run game. Um, he's a problem as well. So if he gets off, it's a wrap. I liked AJ. I liked his snaps. I, I thought Alexander Johnson played yep. physical. I thought he looked like a, a pro that's played a so lot of ball. Like number thirty four. Yeah. Can we talk about that? It looked no. ugly on him. It didn't look right. It looked. He's ugly. too big for that wore, number. Right? Wore fifty one. Something. That's he's he's already got the locker. I mean, you might as well. I mean, yeah, he had your locker. What's he doing wearing thirty four? I know, right? Thirty four is not a first of all, right. it's not a middle linebacker no. number unless you're in college. Second of all, if it is, it's more of like a speed felt middle linebacker. It's not a big dude like him. Yeah, and um, I I rather have Tanner in this matchup, Brock versus okay. um, AJ. This is gonna be speed. This game is all speed. Um, change of direction with him. He's more of a downhill guy. Um, if you know it's a run, that's a stretch. By all means, put him in. But with his offense, it's going to be a perimeter game. Some stuff on the inside with the powers and all that. But I like Tanner Muse more than I do Johnson in this matchup. Speaking okay. of numbers, what, what do you make of Bobby wearing 45? Are you Do you like the 45? From the get-go, I didn't like it. It doesn't no. look right. He looks bigger no. in the 45. I got to say, it, it does not suit his body. Yeah, and, and I was like, Bobby, you got to find a way to get number 54, number 9. But that's Matt Stafford, and that's Floyd. Right. And so... 
45, I guess he's a big number nine guy. He's like, he loves the number nine. So right. anything that matches up to number nine. So 63 wouldn't look good. 71, 72 wouldn't look good. 99 like LeVon Kirkland. <laughs> <laughs> so 45, yeah. No, no, thank you. 72? Hey. I mean, come on. Um, I, you're adding I know, I get it. But geez, that would have been a horrendous I know. idea. I know. Hey, uh, 27 <laughs> before 72. Yeah. And 36 would have been terrible. Hey, last uh, football <laughs> question for me. Conditions, Saturday, 90% rain. 50 degrees at kick, windy, Ooh. rainy, muddy, messy, nasty. Okay. That favors Seattle or San Fran? It favors Seattle. It favors Seattle. I believe that with these elements, any, first of all, anything can happen. Get your cleats right, fellas. I don't want to see you out there slipping and sliding everywhere. Get out the long the long studs. Um, I forget what they call them, but bring you up. You got the, that EK? You taking notes there, Kenny? Bring out the bring out the long cleats, man. Equipment manager. Let's and so, go. um, some guys, bro, they go no gloves. Some guys wear visors when it's raining. Like, what are you doing? Take off your visor. You cannot see. You got you wiping your visor every play. Take off your dang visor and put on some rain gloves. Well, what about the guys who already wore visors? Did they take them off? Yes. So Cam would take his visor off in the rain? No, he would wear it. Oh, okay. He had the windshield wipers on the inside. Right. Yeah. I'm like, bro, how do you see right now? Take off your visors. Get on the right gloves. Um, I don't know what it's like catching the football with without the gloves, but they got these rain gloves that are phenomenal. Mm. And so I would wear those, even if your swag isn't on point. Who cares? We're trying to win. We're trying to win the ball game. Biggest X factor on offense and defense. If we're here talking about the divisional round of the playoffs. And Seattle facing Philadelphia, right, in Philly, the number one seed. Because Seattle wins. They're the lowest seed. They go to Philadelphia. Mm. We're in here Wednesday. Seattle's going to Philly. Mm. They do it because give me a couple X factors. Who are they? X factor on offense is the right tackle, Lucas. He has got to have a phenomenal game. Getting Bosa um, in the run game, getting this man wherever, drive him off the ball in the pass game. He got to handle. He got to handle his business. Handle his business. Shane Washington, get this young man some help. I would like a chip or two um, when it's coming to blocking him. So on offense, Lucas. On defense, Cody Barton. Cody Barton. I need Cody to be physical against his run game. I need Cody to get everyone lined up. I need Cody to be on point with the play action. George Kill's going to be in your vicinity. Christian McCaffrey's going to be in your vicinity. There's no Jordan Brooks. Uh, Cody, you are a free agent. If you want to look good, look good in this game in front of everybody. So Cody Barton on defense, Lucas on offense. You like that play Cody made on the first, uh, right after the interception down near the goal line to, be- to begin the game? Went and tracked the uh, running back. He tried down to run a little rub route. He saw the formation, yeah. the information in the formation. I that one. Oh, oh, it was, it was great. It was the best, so I thought it was the best play he's made all year. It was yeah. a really nice play. Yeah. You were still probably getting yourself all settled. Yeah, because what I had to do during the game, I missed, I missed like the first quarter because I had to wait in the tunnel to wave at the fans. So. Oh. And then I had to make my way up to the suite and say hey to everyone there. So I missed like the first Why quarter and a half. sit in like the 300 section? I'm good. Why don't you go to Justin's KJ, got, I got a seat. 327 if you want to come on I up. Justin, you. I got a suite. You can call me during the game, <laughs> and you can come sit with me. I want to see you go sit you in section 327 yeah. with Justin. You don't want me to come into the suite. What does that look like when KJ Wright sits down in the 300 oh, section with the people up there? On yeah. and bundled well, no, up. Do it in a night for a, good, for a good weather game. You go sit up there some game in September. <laughs> go sit in Justin's seats with him. I can tell you from being at his muckle shoot casino appearance with him that he would be mobbed. Yeah. Are, do, are you on the? Are you in the Hawks nest or the fifty yard line? Which part of the? No, three twenty seven. I'm in the southwest corner. 
So I'm like, oh, yeah. That's deep. That's deep. <laughs> it's, it's deep. It's where the real fans are, KJ. Hey, much respect. Much respect. We, <laughs> we appreciate you guys. So what I'm hearing is no. I KJ can't, get altitude sickness up there. It. He can't even get up that high. I could sit in the stands. Yeah. I could sit in the stands, but I got to be able to see. Like, okay. give me the 50-yard line um, right there front and center. You know what, I'll I'm take you up on the suite. A, I'm smelling a promotion for next year where we have a fan sit with KJ in the 50-yard line upstairs oh. somewhere. KJ, uh, thank you. It's been great. We'll do it again next week and hopefully uh, you know, continue after that if the Seahawks can get a win and keep know, on rolling. Man. It's going to be fun. All it's right. going to be fun. They play Saturday, not Sunday, That's KJ. Saturday, 1.30. And uh, congratulations again, seriously, no. on the Hall of Fame, sure. uh, the the uh, Pacific Northwest Football Hall of Fame. You will join Brock Heward now yes. in, in, in uh, perpetuity yes. in the Pro Football Hall of Fame here in the Pacific Northwest. All right. Uh, speaking of a new local guy who has now joined the Mariners coaching staff, we're going to talk to Stephen Vogt coming up in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. It's Brock and Salk, and that's KJ Wright. His hour brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino here on Seattle Sports on 710.